Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. Do you truly know the price of success? I want you to take a second to ponder on that one. You don't have to give me an answer, but I do expect you to at the very least think about it as we welcome my next guest who, as you'll soon get to hear, has in more ways than one not only paid the price, but eventually, after some soul searching and eventual clarity, decided to say enough and call it a day. As a producer, songwriter, keyboard virtuoso, and well-rounded musical talent, Carlo Vieux is a founding member of the iconic, chart-topping Haitian compa band Karimi, who, along with fellow founders and bandmates Richard Cavé and Michael Guirant, burst onto the scene with a fresh, innovative sound that shook the airways to their core. Whether you were a seasoned or passive compa listener back in the day, you had to admit it, there was a new player in town. With Carlo having penned and produced many of the group's generation-defining hits such as Moinsou, Chagan Kiminel, and of course, Haiti Bang Bang, Karimi set itself on a 15-year journey that saw the group rise from young upstarts to an obvious force to be reckoned with. But behind the accolades, recognition, awards, praise, fame, fortune, we as fans often lose sight of the fact that these are people who, as such, and like us, are in no way immune from the trials and tribulations of life. Seeing your dream come true as a result of your incredible efforts, impressive talent, relentless commitment, and often understated sacrifice is certainly an achievement to be acknowledged. But when you realize that the price tag may amount to more than you're admittedly willing to pay, you have a choice to make. In this generously transparent account, Kalu, having long since moved on, pulls no punches as we get a first-hand account into his incredible journey, chronicling how his relentless work ethic, undeniable talent, and willingness to lay it all out on the line eventually led to some career-defining moments, but also some pretty heart-wrenching ones. Through his own words, we get to meet the man, the husband, the father, the entrepreneur, the stoic warrior, as he gives us his perspective on enjoying a hobby versus running a business the traps of the industry, the toll of fame on friends and family, listening to your heart, and so much more. Another exciting conversation, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 134 with Carlo Vieux. Here we go. So uh, right off the bat, as I always like to tell all my guests, it's both a privilege and a thrill. But for me specifically, um, Carlo, it's really important for me to hold space. And first of all, to thank you uh, for your gracious time and availability for this call. Uh, it's, a really, it's, a tr- it's a real big honor, not just from the perspective of a fan, uh, but also from the fact that, you know, as a father, as someone who really enjoys, you know, looking at people's, you know, journey of growth and success. And that's why I also wanted to have you on uh, to the podcast, because it's really important for us, first of all, to, you know, acknowledge the work that people put in. And as I like to tell all the listeners, it's important for people to recognize people just like you, whether you're a superstar or whatever, you know, you need to understand that at the bottom line, there's a human being on the other end who sacrificed just as much as you did, just, you know, who put in the work just as much as you did, and who basically had a dream and went for it and put in all that dedication, all that blood, sweat, and equity who made the, made the sacrifices. And that is not a short change thing. And you need to be acknowledged for that. So with everything, we're definitely going to talk about the interview that really generated and fueled this, uh, this wonderful meeting. But first and foremost, I want to say thank you for all the work that you've put in. And of course, congratulations to all your success. I know you've moved on to other chapters and other great ventures, but for the time being, from this humble fan, Neg Saint Louis, Neg Haiti, for, you know, for everything that you represented for my generation as compa fans all over the world, thank you. And of course, welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast. It's a pleasure to have you, man. Oh my God, that's, that was awesome. If, I guess I can have, uh, present, make a better presentation. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while, honestly, that I've been out. I've been really out in the business for the, for the last four years. It's been a while, you know, and, uh, but th- thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be here. 
seriously. Um, but really, the one thing, because people need to understand, you know, the entire thing that generated this, uh, this, of course, first and foremost, we have to thank Jeff, uh, Jeff Pollard for connecting Definitely. us. Uh, it's one yes. of those great things. That's why I tell people, guys, network, you never know what doors <laughs> and opportunities might be able to open up for you down the road. So whether it's through a podcast or writing a book or launching a business, cater to those relationships, because this is how, you know, you make great connections happen. So Definitely. Jeff, thanks you know, for this connection. Um, but people need to hear this uh, first and foremost. The reason why this happens because over the course of the past few months, uh, of course, everybody being on lockdown, and we're just listening to you know compa, which is the traditional Haitian music for those of, uh, those of us not in the know. And however, through the randomness of YouTube, a video of a very very powerful interview that you gave uh, on the giveaway radio show, yeah. and it was basically you know just you sitting down. And we're used to these, right? Okay, what's next? What's next on their docket? You know, okay, the band the band broke up. So what happened? Give us the juicy details. That's fine. But for me, I don't know why. It's one of those random things that makes you pause. And I hear a guy not just talking about how much they've achieved, but also a guy coming at it from perspective of a businessman coming at it from the perspective of a father, of a husband, someone who's had to sacrifice, put in the work, put in the grind, chase your dream, achieve your dream, walk away from your dream, break friendships, so many layers. And yeah. it was such a powerful interview. And again, it was something that really touched me because a lot of times people keep talking about, oh, success must be so great, success, success, success. But, and that's how I want to open it, Kalu. In your experience, success has a cost, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. And, and I mean, it's, it's everything you do, um, see, will definitely have a cost. And it's, it's how much are, are you willing to pay? Um, how much are you willing to take in um, at the end of the day when you achieve that success? Because once you achieve it, you have to maintain it. And maintaining it also um, carries a big price tag. Um, and, and I realized that uh, when, uh, you know, my kids were born, the big price tag would be for me not be around, um, you know, during the most important times, the most important moments, you know, share, you know, share great moments with them. And, and to tell the truth, before you have kids, you will never know, like, you, you, I would never talk the way I'm talking now. But the minute the kids, you know, uh, were born, I became a different person. So I, I saw things through different lenses and I started interpreting life, you know, uh, differently. And I started seeing, you know, my my career differently, just for the simple fact that, you know, the great moments that I would spend with them, I would have, you know, I would be traveling all the time. And and it, it really hit me when my daughter was born on December 25th. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Yeah. And this so she's a Christmas baby. And at that time, I was on stage about to to perform in Miami. Um, and it wasn't planned at all, but good. No, I'm not. She was supposed to be born um, on uh, on 27th, 28th, mm -hmm. I believe. So I was like, you know what? Let me just play this quick gig, and then by the 26th, you know, I catch the first the first flight, go back to New Jersey, and then you know, be with my wife at the hospital and wait, you know, for my daughter. But you know what? She she had her own plans. God had her, you know, his own plans, and, mm -hmm. and you know, she came out on December 25th, and you know, that really oh, knocked me. That's that you know, it was a sense of reality where I was like, okay, so every December. You know, on the 25th, I'm not going to be around, you know, for her birthday. Because that's so the thing, right? Because you're yeah. one of the hottest bands ever. So you're always playing a exactly. Christmas gig. You're always playing a New Year's Eve gig somewhere. Exactly. So, you know, back as other things was the fact that, you know, my son, for example, Monsieur, he's, he's like a, one of, he's, he's a soccer player, you know, and, and I, I always want to watch his game. He actually got um, selected to play for the MLS team here in Inter-Miami nice. last year. Yeah, so he got scouted by Inter-Miami. So this is his second year playing, you know, MLS soccer. Um, so he's on his way, hopefully, to become pro. Um, and, 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 you know, I started, you know, I put him in soccer when, since he was three because me and him so passionate football. And of course, we made the football. You never know whether or not they're going to stay. But he, obviously, the, the day he's, the, the, since the day I put him in soccer at three, he never, he, he always kept the ball with him. You know, he never let go of the ball. And, and so he's passionate also. And me as a passionate dad also, you know, it, it, it meant a lot for me to be in his trainings. It meant a lot for me to be in his games, you know, during, you know to, to watch him play, to watch him become the player that he is right now, where now he's actually playing for a professional academy league. 
Um, so, tout bagay ça comme si you know vient accumuler puis ensuite faut pas bâtir tout It's not conducive to to uh, to a marriage life. Côté que you know, of course you're gonna have a lot of issues you know in your marriage for the simple fact that you're not around you know. And and my wife you know works hard you know and and I'm always on the road you know you leave him with two you leave her with two kids and it's 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 tough it's taxing on her you know I, I could not ask her to to do all of that. So again. I think all of this, you know, piled up together, you know, and, and I just decided that, you know, I started, I started flirting with the idea of leaving, although I didn't want to leave because I had the commitment with the guys. I didn't want to be the one to break up the band just because, you know, my selfish reasons, supposedly, I mean, people mm -hmm. call it selfish reasons. So I, you know, I still stuck it in, but, but I was still, you know, I was in and out. I was like one foot in and one foot out. And I guess the guys felt that also. But when Michael actually decided to leave permanently because he had his own issues, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, this is the proper, this is the, the, the opportunity for me to just go do something else where I can be more stable, where I can have more of a stable life. Um, you know, at home. And that's what I decided to do. So, I mean, Visho was talking to me so that we could, you know, to continue Karimi. If you notice, when Karimi broke up, we mm -hmm. had a rendition, a rendition of uh, uh, Patrick Saint-Éloi, it was just me and Visho. So we were actually talking to continue Karimi. But when I sat down and really thought about it, and, and I remember my son came back, came to my room one day, and he's like, so you're going back to the music thing and be on the road again? Um, and that's when I, I decided, I, I called Risho, I'm like, Risho, you know what, you can do your own thing, do, do you, I'm done, uh, I think I'm going to go and, and do something else, because I had other options also, and he said, yo, come on, you know, I can't continue calling me without you, because it's the name, and this and that, I'm like, listen, just, you know, change the name, do what you got to do, do your own then, and that's how Risho, you know, did Kai, and if you notice, Kai only has one keyboard player. It was supposed to be two, me and and uh, um, Tiklod, because I'm the one that right. actually brought Tiklod in, because we we're going to continue with the project. So I called mm -hmm. Tiklod. I was like, "Listen, Tiklod, we're gonna we're gonna continue with Kalini. Do you want to be part of it?" And this and that. And Tiklod accepted. And then I was like, "All right, so me and you, we're going to be on the keys. Gisha is going to be up front, stuff like that." But I decided to to at the last minute, you know, I decided to just stop. And then now you only see Tiklod. That's why you don't have two keyboard players. You only have one keyboard player and and, and Kai. Um, because at, you know, I pulled, I just pulled the plug at the last minute. I told you, show, you know what, you know, I appreciate it, man. You know, only love, you know, no animosity because me and Visho, we always got along at a certain point, both of us, um, Visho and I could not work with, um, a Michael anymore, unfortunately, right. okay. just for the simple fact that he had his own issues. You know, I'm not going to get into his issues. Um, but he, he, he it's just professionally, we just couldn't work with him anymore. And he felt that also Michael felt that. And I guess, That's the reason why he also left because he felt that at a certain point, you know, to a certain extent, we just could not work with him anymore. Um, that says a lot, doesn't it? In regards yeah. to that's the thing, because from the history, from someone, someone from the outside looking in, and I want you to speak on that because it takes a lot. It takes a, a, a very deep, intimate level, not just a friendship, but commitment to commit all three of you to, to this dream that, you know what, we are going to be the most revolutionary like we are going to redefine compa as it is which and that is a huge gamble to yeah. take on your dream but at the same time you're also putting a lot of things in play you're putting your friendships because again you talked about this you know there's a difference between a hobby and a business and that yeah. that can be testy at times so how can we not for us for those of us like you know getting into the game of entrepreneurship not just you know whether in the music business but entrepreneurship and trying to build something together with the right team what can you teach us about you know surrounding yourself with the right people uh, well the thing is you i guess surrounding yourself with the right people is one thing because listen you know my team and academy we're, we're the right people but i think you know, things started changing when it be, really became a business. When we realized, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's not a hobby anymore. We're actually doing this for real. We're actually making money doing this. It's a business. And I also think that once we got married also, I think a lot of um, um, priorities kind of changed. Um, and, 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 you know, we started being a little bit less um, tolerant of certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has to do with, you know, uh, you know, having a family and kids and, and, you know, it's just the atmosphere totally changed once you started, you know, you had a family and then you had a business that you actually had to, 
you know, manage. And it's not just comme si on fait musique just pour faire musique, you know. For sure. Um, so, so you do have the right team in place. You do have the right people. But I guess once the 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 mindset totally shifts um, and we just couldn't agree on certain things, um, uh, I, I, you know, and, and that's when, you know, the business, you know, became in jeopardy. Um, just for the simple fact that I guess, you know, our egos didn't help either. Um, okay. uh, you know, and, and all of us have big egos, you know, <laughs> you know, I guess you have to just to, just to push forward, you know, with such yeah. having so big dreams, you have to, you have you to have, have a certain to. level of confidence in yourself. Yeah. But, but, but I think not putting a check on the ego also, um, can actually, um, uh, make things really, you know, get worse, you know? So I think, you know, you have to have a good balance in your ego also, um, because mm -hmm. you know, you uh, know, and I think that was one of the biggest issues, especially, you know, Michael's and I think, you know, he really had to, you know, be, be a little bit more, you know, emotionally intelligent. And I think that that's, that's very important in everything in life, you know, your emotional intelligence. And I think we're a lack, we, we lacked emotional intelligence. Um, because stuff like that. But I think if you have that emotional intelligence and then you sit back and then you realize that you have a business that's actually making money and there are certain ways that go at the end of the day I'm an owner of a of, of a business, right? Mm -hmm. And and we could have put measures in place where even if I'm not here, we actually have someone that can actually perform the job that I was performing. Right. Mm -hmm. But as an owner, I, you, I give my backup the way I'm supposed to give it. And that goes for, you know, the other members um, as owners. Right. We don't have to be at the forefront all the time. If there are issues, you know, things change in life, you know, dynamics change. We could we could have easily taken uh, certain measures to continue with the business, because at the end of the day, the name Kalini is big and it was huge. So I think losing that name, right, um, um, for, because of egos and because of, of, of lack of emotional intelligence, I think to me is, is, it was the worst thing that could, that could have happened um, because, okay. because we could have easily managed the business, um, even though, you know, it's not only the three of us in the forefront. But at the end of the day, when you look at bands, for example, like Topicana, it's not, you know, the ones that were there, you know, 30 years ago that are still there, right? For sure. Um, so there's a way that we could have set up the business where, You know, we can still benefit from the business, but without having, you know, to be every single day actively managing, you know, the, the, the ins and outs of the business. When you look at There Bill Gates, for example, you know, for Microsoft, he's not there. You know, he has other people managing it, but everybody knows it's Bill Gates' company, right? Um, so I think, again, you know, a lack of emotional intelligence, um, you know, our egos uh, made it happen. And, and, and me, again, I saw the cracks and I think... I think because of, of the cracks that I saw in the business as a whole and, and the fact that I was like, you know what, if I have to lose something, you know, I'm going to lose my business. I'm not going to lose my family. Um, and I think that's what pushed me to actually leave the business and, uh, you know, concentrate more, uh, you know, on the family and, and, and be in a, in a, in an environment or, um, where, I, you know, it can be stable for me. And, and, and that's what I chose. I really applaud you for that because when I heard you say that and, um, you know, it, it's not even remotely comparable, but I remember at some point in a past life, I had, I, w I had a job, basically I was on the road a lot and I was just like putting in, you know, massive hours, the entire corporate shtick. And you mm -hmm. come to a point where you realize that, yeah, bank account is nice, but your marriage is suffering. You're not seeing exactly. your kids and eventually exactly. they're old enough. Kids are not dumb. Kids are old enough to notice. And exactly. when they tell you something, something like you're still working, You take that into account and you dial that in. And when I heard you, uh, when I heard you talk about it in regards to whether you being on the road and having again to justify to your wife, well, I got to be on the road, or having to you know again ra rationalize with yourself, like okay, I got to be away from my kids because I have this gig, right? People are paying, you know, the fans and everything. How long until you know that just boils over and then you know what? You have to make a choice. Exactly. And I can't even compare that to you having put in so much work, so much sort of sweat equity. Again, yeah. you caring about your fans because Kalimi was always big about that, about the fans. Like, you know, we oh, got to show yeah. up. We were important. We, we, that, was, that was important to us. Just yeah. having to just wake up one day like, you know what? I got to let go. And that's a great perspective for you to teach us. Like, listen, you may love something, but if it's hurting you, at some point you have to decide, okay. It's best to walk it, it, away. It hurts me, but I think I think the fact that I feel that it would probably hurt my kids even more. Mm -hmm. um, um, I rather the sacrifice, you know, my dreams just to be with my kids and give them that dream where you know they have, you know, they had that 
you know, all these great times with, with their parents. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, it, it will affect the kids psychologically if both parents are not, you know, with them, you know, in great moments, you know, when my son is graduating from, from, uh, uh, from, uh, um, uh, middle school, for example, you know, my daughter's, my daughter's graduating from kindergarten, for example, my, 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 my kid, you know, won a championship in soccer, you know, playing, you know, uh, you know, uh, a competition, you know, I, I think these, these moments are, are great. And, you know, especially if, if I want to build, you know, my son's character, if I want to, you know, and, and still discipline in my kids like that you know and and again i'm not taking anything away from my wife i'm sure she would have done you know a tremendous like you know great job but i think if both of us together do it um i i think it puts you know it, it puts a stamp on you know the kids saying that you know we were both there for you um and put that example for them actually when they have their kids also to always be there to always be around so i think it was it was based on you know these things that i, I just decided to just you know take a step back and just do um, you know, something else, you know, in another space where I know I could be around. There you go. There you go. So it's important, again, for all the people listening, because again, we are, you know, trying to encourage people again, to take chances and make the necessary sacrifices, put into work, but always remember, stay true to your values. And that's what I've heard from you. Basically, you know, Definitely. you have to realize what's important for you and your values for you are at the core, your wife and your family. That's it. That's it. And, 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 and people may not understand uh, my decision. Um, they might not, you know, uh, choose. Come on, come on, on in a tour. Like, you know, I'm sure your wife understands. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But me, it was, it, it, I couldn't negotiate that. I couldn't negotiate that. Again, it, it, at the end of the day, I, I, I reached a crossroad where I was going to lose something. Right. And, and, and I would not negotiate it. Lose my family. For sure. For sure. And well, take us back to, you know, to the early beginning. And if you can still, you know, get back to those early memories, because for me, the first time I ever experienced a Kaimi was at Heaven, near Taraz. Oh my really God. Way, way back in the day. Like the first <laughs> time I experienced, first, my first Kaimi ever was in Heaven. And yeah. it was just like, for me, of course, Bang, IT Bang Bang was out, you know, on the airways like way before, but the first yeah. live I ever had was there. But what does it feel like? Okay, you guys, you know, transition from Kanas, and then yeah. you decide to launch Kaimi. And, you know, what, how does one wake up, say, hey, you know what? Okay, we're going to transition from Canada and do our own thing. But you know what? We're going to be the hottest band on the planet. How, what you kind know, of internal know, dialogue happens there? Honestly, let me tell you something. It's, these things are never planned. It's, it's just a matter of being lucky, um, I would say. Of, of course, the product has to be good. But I think we, we had a bit Stop of, underplaying it. You guys are talented. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are, but but I think I, if if I if I'm telling you right now, and I mm-hmm. remember vividly, like it was yesterday when you know I was at at Richard's apartment in Brooklyn, and and he was putting that solo and and bang bang da 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 I remember it vividly, like it was yesterday, and he was like so excited, and we were like, oh my god, you know. But honestly, we didn't think bang bang was gonna be the the mega hit of the album. We never for for like. And that never crossed our minds. We we're like, yeah, it's a nice song. We were excited because at the time, you know, it was in uh, uh, 1990. I believe we, we, we did this song in 1999, maybe. Because mm-hmm. Richard, at the time I was at, at, at Rutgers University, Richard mm-hmm. was at Peru College. And on weekends, Richard would come to my dorm room and I had a, a nice little setup. I was using Logic Silver at the time. So Richard would come on Fridays, you know, to my dorm room. Uh, spend the weekend in, in the dorm and then we would record the album. That's how we recorded Bang Bang, uh, the wow. album Bang Bang. Um, uh, I remember Shaggy Criminel, I wrote it while my, my roommate was sleeping, you know, next, you know, <laughs> I would the like, grind. The, the bed was, you know, next to me and then I had to put my, my headphones in and I was recording Shaggy Criminel. Like I was put, putting the chords together for Shaggy Criminel. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, so I was, I was, you know, in a dorm room, you know, a, a sophomore in college, you know, when I was um, recording this album. Um, and Richard, you know, came every weekend, like I said, you know, to record the album. But we, you know, again, we were just, we just, we were just putting music, putting, you know, just a couple of music together, you know, on an album. And we're like, you know, let's just put it out. But we, we had no idea that this thing was going to, was going to hit, like, was going to be so popular. We had no idea, honestly. How um, we didn't it feel see- to see the, the airways, the DJs, the fans, people just blasting in on the radio, man? How does it feel to hear your song, man? It's, it's it, uh, honestly, it's something that you can't even explain. Uh, I remember one of the biggest concerts that I had was in Bercy. Um, uh, one of the biggest um, uh, stages that we played in was Bercy. Because it's stages when you play in, in, in France, right? We mm-hmm. did Zenit, 
we did Bercy. Our next level was going to be the French Stadium, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what that's how you do it. Um, it's 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 Zenit, Bercy, and then hopefully uh, Stade de France. So we reached the Bercy level, and then well, we, we we broke up. I'm sure we would have reached Stade de France level. Um, um, uh, that was w- where we were going at. Um, and um, that was one of the biggest stages that that I played on, and and, and it was it was just you can't, I can't explain it. It's ineffable, like you know, um, thousands songs of people broke. just screaming your that, your song. That wrote in your dorm room, and then you see you know people going crazy over it. I remember the first time we went to Martinique literally people came to our hotel literally crying when they saw us like literally shedding tears and and that's something that when i played in um another big stage that we played in was in um uh in france um, olympia right mm-hmm. it's a no it's it's not a big stage but it's a it's a it's a oh, more it's a um, prestigious, it's a, it's it's a more prestigious prestigious stage right Listen, man. The guys, the guy, artists that I was listening growing growing up were when we saw the show for the other. Well, no, definitely Aznavu played in Olympia. You know, the, all the big greats, all the greats. But I had Frankie Vincent actually kneel down in front of me, saying "Vous êtes des dieux." Like I'll never forget that Frankie Vincent. Like I, I grew up listening to Frankie Vincent. Wow. You know, when I was a kid, and this guy was actually on his knees, was telling me "Vous êtes des dieux." And I had, um, uh, um, uh, the guy that played, uh, is it in Patoni Chasseur? What's his name? Tu me manques. Um, what's his uh, name? Aridi Boula. Aridi Boula. came up to me. He's like, can I have your autograph? I'm like, no, we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to exchange autographs. So, ce que j'ai fait, I took a t-shirt, I wrote my name and then he took a t-shirt and he wrote his name and we exchanged autographs. But Aridi wow. Boula came to me to ask me my autograph. I'm talking to a guy like I, I grew up listening you to. You grew up on him. Uh, uh, Eric Virgal sat next to me um, in, a, in an airplane saying how, you know, he, he wrote a song based on, because of Bang Bang. Thanks, Bang Bang inspired him to, to, to write a song. So, I mean, it was, it, it's, just, it's just amazing, you know, the, 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 um, the level that we're at. And, and, you know, God just really blessed us and we were able to, to have this dream. And you said something really important that people cannot shy away from. Listen, yeah, sure. You can make that one hit you can make that one big sale, you know, you can write that one great lyric, you know, make that viral video on YouTube. But Carlo, you definitely know this is better than I do. Consistency is key. It's the oh, one thing to make a hit, to make it to the top, but staying right. there. Because you guys put in like, what, two decades of a really long, arduous, but successful career. Yeah. That doesn't come easy. That doesn't come by accident. Well, I think I think it's about catering to to your audience and and know what they want and also discipline, you know. And we were big in discipline. We were big in terms of you know always there you know for rehearsal. We were big on you know always be on time for performances. We were big on you know just just putting up a show for the fans, you know, because ultimately that's what they paid their money for, you know. Um, and and we were big on that. So always catering to you know the person paying to see you. Always catering to their needs. I think that was the the most important thing, and I think we succeeded in doing that. Um, and and again, consistency in terms of you know producing you know great songs, and that happens by just being disciplined in terms of what you do, not on stage but you know off stage. Um, I'm, I'm meaning always be on your on your game, writing songs, and you know I can have like 20 versions of that of the same song. If it's if it's if it doesn't give me the goosebumps that I'm looking for, then it's not it. You know. Um, so, uh, and, and just, you know, <clears throat> be open to criticism, you know, and if, if people, you know, tell you that they don't like certain things, you know, you listen to your audience and, and you, um, you tailor, um, your product based on the demand of the audience. See, there you go. Again, it's all about, you know, just discipline and just something I'm really big on, you know, whether it's losing weight, whether it's, again, having a successful career, you know, as, yeah. a, as a really chart-topping <laughs> band, writing a book, or again, just putting in the work, just showing up on time for work, damn it. You oh, really yeah. need so to be it. disciplined. Let's this One thing that I used to tell my son every time he steps on, on a field, you know, at the time he was playing for PSG mm-hmm. in Miami. And I told him, listen, act like a professional. They'll treat you like a professional. And I always give him that same spiel before he leaves the car. I said, listen, act like a professional. They'll treat you like a professional. And I say, always play your best because you don't know who's watching. 
right? There you go. In that same year, there was a scout from Inter Miami that was watching all of his games. You see what I'm saying? You never know But who's watching. You never know who's watching. And, and, and the thing is, what, what's, it's not even about what I said, but it's about that he actually listened and he, he, he executed, right? Um, um, and, and, you know, they saw him play. They saw him, you know, score a lot of goals. They saw him, you know, play his best soccer. You know, even when he was losing, you know, he was, he was trying to play his best soccer. You know, at the end of the day, you know, they called him the last day of tryouts for Inter Miami, right? Because they saw him the week before, <clears throat> a scout saw him and then they called into Miami like listen you got to watch this kid and then they called me they're like he, we want him to try out listen the day he tried out this guy scored six goals wow like like he was scoring goals like I never and again I'm not saying that because he's my son but the first the first 10 minutes he was you know he wasn't that good I was like oh man that's it it's over but once he got comfortable playing with these other kids because mind you they put you on the field with a bunch of other kids that you don't know mm-hmm. once he got comfortable after after these 10 minutes this guy was just you know extraordinary and then they called him out you know to to be part of the team and and again it speaks volumes in terms of um you know his discipline in terms of you know him listening to you know the old folks because you always have to listen to you know and and who knows better you know who had the experience or what have you mm-hmm. and again it's it's about discipline and i always told him you know you don't know who's watching so always be at your best and i think with us we always wanted to be at our best even if we had just like 10 people like on on, on the floor we have to be on our best because you don't know who's watching and a lot of times we don't know who's watching and and we would get a uh, called by you know a promoter in friggin you know some country in europe just for the simple fact that we give a hell of a show you know somewhere in new york city for example you see what i'm saying so you perform your best because you don't know who's watching so always travels that's it and you know <clears throat> i'm going to flip it on you for two seconds you know because we talk about consistency always being at your best but sometimes And this is unfortunately, uh, when I, because I read a book, I love this quote, can you stand to be blessed? And what the, what the author was saying was like, never become too full of yourself. So you talked about having huge egos, but there's also that very fine line you have to draw where you have to keep your ego in check and not be too full of yourself that you're not willing to grow and be humble. And I was wondering if you could help us navigate through that for those of us who are overachievers and we're free. like, okay, I'm the shiznit, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm Kylie me. It's like, I'm on top, I'm on top of the world, but you know, there's always someone hungrier than you who's just about ready to take over. And how can well, we that, always navigate and keep right. ourselves in check? Well, um, and I think, I think that that's, that's the whole point of competition, right? Is to always put you in check, always keep you on your toes. And I think the fact that we had other bands, you know, like T-Vice, like, uh, Um, Criola, like Harmonique, like all these other bands kept us, kept us on our toes because they saw us as Kagimi. We have to not dethrone them, but we have to, you know, be as good as these guys, right? And they were actually doing it, you know, and these bands are just very, you know, very talented musicians, you know, coming out with great songs. So that's, that kept us on our toes where we we're like, listen, we can't just, you know, um, just sit in our roles and be like, you know, we have it made, you know, we're counting me. We're not getting, we're not gonna, we're not gonna work anymore. But that's when reality will hit and you, you'll see, you know, your crowd numbers starting to, to decrease, you know, just with some of the simple fact that you always have to kind of innovate also, you know, you can't just, you know, give the fans the same thing over and over again. So that always keeps you on your toes. So honestly, you really don't have, don't have the time to just be passive and and if you want to maintain a successful business you can't just be passive and, and say okay you know what i've made it you know it's 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 done it's a done deal you know no one can come and dethrone me because it's not true um you know music is very you know it's 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 a business where competition can just you know uh kick you off you know that that the that that throne you know in a heartbeat just for the simple fact that you know uh people change uh, uh, certain music that they like, you know, people that like you today may not like you tomorrow or people, you know, that, you know, would come to your, to your performances, you know, uh, they have their priorities changed. For example, they don't come to your performances anymore because they have other things to do. So you always have to keep working on your, on being innovative and being new for the, so that you can cater to other audience and get always try to come with, you know, to, to have new audience. Right. 
-hmm. So you you really don't have the time to just be passive, you know, and sit back and 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 relax. You you always be you you always kept be kept on your toes in that business. And I think that goes for any business, anyways. You know, if you're talking about Apple, for example, they always have to be innovative. They all have to to come up with new products because, you know, if if you don't, then someone else is going to dethrone you and take that. You know, and and next thing you know, another company is going to be that two trillion dollar company. You know, and you know, look at Amazon. You know, you have to innovate. You you can't just be, you know, a a, a one trick pony. You know, you always have to continue and and put out new products. Wow. And. I wanted to, to to throw this one by you for a quick second because the thing is, with the reality of you know, well, how I'm trying to fr- formulate this question properly. Well, when you are so achieved, and how do you? Because again, what I really enjoyed about when you guys came out, it was, and I told Jeff this off the air when we just before connecting. I appreciated what you guys did because compa. Up to that point, when Phil, you guys showed up, had never, you guys came out with a fresh, innovative, unheard of sound that was genuinely you. And what I appreciate about that is because like, wow, you can be the biggest Compa fan, but you have never heard anything like this. And how, because a lot of people always want to innovate by copying or emulating somebody else. But how do we, because a, a lot of people that listen to us always having that struggle, because I promote that a lot. Just do you. Don't worry about the other guy. Just be worried about being the best you that you can. And I was wondering if you could speak on that, about not always looking over your shoulder, looking what the, uh, the neighbor's doing. Just how do you cater to your own yard and cater to your own awesomeness and just, just do you? How can we center ourselves and just focus on us? So good, good question. So the secret, the secret sauce to that first album uh, uh, was the fact, was... <laughs> was um the 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 thing behind it was the fact that i had left uh haiti for i would say like a good two three years before that prior right Mm -hmm. and honestly during my you know my college years and stuff like that i was totally disconnected to to the haitian culture totally disconnected so i was just consuming other music right um i didn't listen to compa at all um, and I would say it was kind of the same experience for Richard, for example. And I think that gave us a new approach to composing compa, right? Um, just with the simple fact that, you know, it's not like, you know, we were not listening to music, you know, uh, uh, different music when we were in Haiti, but we were exclusively listening, for example, Antilles, you know, uh, different compa. You know, at the time, it was really Antilles that we were listening to. A lot, a lot. But, <clears throat> a lot, but... You know, being in, 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 in the states where, you know, I was, you know, in a dorm room for, for months and months and months and just consuming, you know, rock, consuming hip hop, consuming, you know, you name it, all types of music. And the, the minute I sit down now to, to write music, I had the influences of all, you know, the genres that I was listening to. And, and I think that that was the secret sauce of, of, of that, of, um, of Bang Bang, that album, because it was it was not a traditional like regular you know approach of compa. No, it wasn't. You know the 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 chords the chords that we were we were um um choosing for for songs and stuff like that. It wasn't traditional you know um uh, compa chords and stuff like that. So, and I think we definitely influenced you know a whole generation in terms of the way they they would write music afterwards. Um uh and and I think that that was the reason we didn't we didn't okay so. You can see it, for example, in our third album, that the the way we composed music kind of we were kind of catering more to the to the fans. Now it mm-hmm. wasn't the same as the first, just because now we were like, all right, we're so consumed in the Haitian culture, we're so consumed in compa, that's all we were listening to. Um, we now we became a little bit more traditional. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the first album where. Again, we were not looking, you know, over our shoulders. I didn't care what people thought of my music. I was just mm-hmm. composing. I was just writing, man. Like, I didn't care if people didn't, you know, thought that, you know, Shaggy Camino was horrible. I didn't care if people thought that IPA was horrible, for example. I was mm-hmm. just writing music, man. And, 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 and I think that was the secret sauce to our success. You know, people was like, what is this? You know, they, you know, it's not traditional. It's not what we used to listen to. You know, what is that? So, and, and I think that was def- definitely the key to success of that album. 
when you start making when, when making making music for you that for is yourself like, and the holy grail for a holy grail of any artist yeah, just for yourself it. for yourself Man. for yourself that's it and and, that's and, really and that was definitely and the minute i started writing less less of hits me personally i think the minute i tried to cater to a specific audience i was like you know what i gotta write that hit i gotta i gotta do this I gotta. but when i didn't care because there is that pressure there is that pressure every certain time there, there there's definitely that pressure um and if it's not if it wasn't you know that that specific formula i was like oh no it's not that formula you know i gotta write it the way you know these guys because there's competition now we have to um and i think now we we were lost uh uh you know in the sea of you know the same traditional uh, genres you see what i'm saying Mm-hmm. And I think that that took away from, you know, originality, you know, if you, you know, if you want to say so. But I mean, it, it didn't take away from the success of the other albums. But honestly, I think that took a little bit, it chipped a little bit, you know, of our, you know, original, like, you know, the bang bang or the, 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 um, the, um, the Muesu album, the, you know, the Por Favor, you know, because that, that second Dude, album. You're sending me back now. Yeah, I mean that 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 second album was still you know was still that original. But once you start going to the, like the third album, it was a little bit. Try- of course, we would have you know songs like um, Buzz that was you know still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we still had you know tried to to stay you know true to our to our, to the way we we made music. But you can see like throughout the album also you'll find where. You're like, all right, yeah, I can see where they were trying to cater to a specific audience to be in that compa, you know, world where, you know, they're trying to compete with other people. And you know what? I just want to pivot there for like two seconds because I'm not going to leave this one out. And that's something you've been very vocal about in regards to, yeah. you know, the importance of having a strong foundation within your couple. Because you said that a lot of this journey would not have been possible without the backbone of your spouse. And a lot of people take that for granted because you think that it's all about fame and fortune and like, yeah, but family and the foundation that has to be your relationship has to be at the core. And for anybody trying to dip their toes into this wonderful world of, Hey, music, music business. Yeah. You need to have, you, what does it say about the strength of a relationship? What are the red flags we need to watch out for? What can you tell us? Um, Honestly, it's, um, I was blessed, man. I, I was, I was, um, I was fortunate to have someone that, you know, believed in me and, and to have someone that didn't, you know, listen to all the gossips that, that, that was out there, you know, uh, especially after Kaimi, Kaimi broke up because, Haitian you know, there, there, can be yeah, 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 yeah. There was a bunch of rumors, you know, why Kaimi broke up because Carlo did this with Michael's wife when it was total, total BS, you know, and, and, and knowing me, is, is something that I would never, that's a, it's a line I would have never crossed, right? And it goes to show you, you know, the degree of fake news that's out there and, and people actually believe it. Even till this day, after four years, you know, people are still asking me, is it true what I heard? I'm like, come on, dude, seriously. Even after Michael denied it, they're still saying, oh, no, it's because Michael doesn't want to say that he did, you know, so. Wow. It's it's sad. And and I think also that's that's one of, that's the other reason why I decided to stop, you know, music also is because I'm like, who am I fighting for? Why am I fight? Why, why am I going to fight for, uh, you know, um, people who are, you know, uh, in, in a second after everything you did, you know, to further fly, everything you did for your culture in a heartbeat, they can just throw you on, throw you and be like, you know, to be devoured, you know, just to, to, you know, um, put your name out there and, and, and try to, you know, sell no and stuff like that, you know, so um that to me left a, a really a bitter taste in my mouth but what what to go back to your question is uh, you know i was lucky enough to to have a wife that did not believe none of that stuff you know she knows me she knows who i am she knows you know uh, uh you know my my character you know she knows what i would do and what i would not do right and she knows that certain lines i would not cross um and i think that was that was that was um that was important and even her, the minute I decided to stop, she was like, "Listen, do what you got to do. If that's that's your decision, you know." Because she 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 didn't really she didn't pressure me. <clears throat> she was like, "If that's your decision, that's really what you want to do. I'll support you, you know, uh, to do, you know, to uh, to take that decision." And and that's what I did. And at so the end of the day, powerful communication. Though you guys have a very strong unit. The, oh yeah, uh, you know, and 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 because because she suffered a lot from me not being around, you know. Um, uh, it, after, you know, 15, 16 years, I, you know, I, um, 
I actually in 2006 was the first time I actually spent a holiday, you know, with my family, right? Because uh, my, 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 my family is, my wife's family is big on spending holidays together. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we would go to our beach house in, in, in Haiti. Usually on the, 20, on the 22nd, we'll have like a, a big Christmas dinner for example, and we're all by the beach and stuff like that. And then we'll still sail there until the 31st or, you know, uh, and, and we're big like that. And they've always been doing it, but without me. Cause you're on the road. So, you Cause dig. I'm on the road, you know, and, and, and my wife was always kind of sad because, you know, all of her siblings, you know, I have the, you know, their spouses with them and stuff like that, the other friends, but I'm the, I'm the one that's on the road. Ah, so, uh, you know, Carlo has a show. Carlo has exactly. a game. Carlo's in Miami. Carlo's is Carlo's at the uh, impost. Like, right, it's gotta so be it was, hard, it was, man. It was tough. It was tough. So, um, you know, once I did, I did it in 2016. I was like, wow, that was out. You know, I was missing a lot. You know, and I realized how happy they were, how happy my in-laws were, how happy my kids were. I wouldn't trade that for the world, man. I wouldn't trade that at all. So, I mean, the minute I, I stopped, I, I I didn't look back. And again, my wife was was really a great support system for me to actually make that transition from my music life to my professional life now, where I'm actually, you know, you know, in a total different field from music. <clears throat> so I was able to to make that transition, um, uh, and and I'm happy. That's good. And you know, from because again, that you had to put in, you know, elite efforts to reach to reach elite status and just like this thing happens like we're just, just going to take uh you know athletes you know professional athletes as an example once your career ends because a lot of people are never ready for you know that transition you know um right. you know, there's there's always that mistake well not mistake it's a choice i believe it's a choice some people go all in and have no backup plan but right. from your different interactions and again you know the different uh you know comments that you made you had as you like to say options and what does that say to people, you know, who, you know, it's important to have a plan B because a lot of people say like, oh, no plan B, I'm going all in and plan A and everything is just going to work. But sometimes <laughs> in that situation, when you have to walk away, you're a perfect example. Like, okay, I was re- I was running a chart chopping band, but you know what? Walked away from it. But hey, I got options. What does that say to people? How can we coach them? You know, make the right decisions or, you know, be ready. You never know. You never know. Um, um, and, and there's something that I tell my son all the time, right? He's a passionate soccer. But I tell, listen, you always have to have another card in your pocket. <clears throat> you know, you're one injury away from never playing soccer, right? Um, and, and I told him that. And, and, and me personally, I was like, I always have to have a card, another ace in my pocket. Because um, the reality of music, you know, it's great. I love it. And, and I, you know, I wouldn't take anything one minute away from the, the experience that I had. But the reality is, you know, music is a young men's game, <laughs> you know, and, and, and at a certain point in time, you know, we're getting old, right? Um, and yes, you can always perform, but I didn't see myself at 60 performing, you know, every night, right? And, and, and remember, we are not uh, our business is not structured where we can actually just make money and live off of royalties, for example. Right. No, you can't. And, and I think also uh, the way the business is right now with, with the internet, uh, you know, it's good and it's bad where, you know, uh, an album comes out. I can literally listen to the album on YouTube for free the next day. Right. Um, so to me, in terms of business model for us, we're not structured it's 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 not something that i would i would want to stay in right just for the simple fact that the business model is not ripe to you know just live off your royalties mm-hmm. if for example we had an audience where you know we had millions and millions of audience you know uh, uh, uh listening to our music you know <clears throat> um online and we were making money off streams or what have you then it would probably be a different ball game right um, for example, you have you know, Justin Bieber, for example, you know, making like $50,000 a day, for example, just through streams, right? That's perfect. But we don't have that audience base, right? We don't have that. And, 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 and our thing is to make money, you have to be on the road and perform every week. So weekend. basically, you know, the revenue mostly comes from touring. From touring. That's it. The revenue comes from touring. Um, and I did not, I don't see myself at 60, 65 touring. Right. Um, and, and I always had that in the back of my mind. And um, and I told myself, I always, you know, want to have another ace in my, you know, in my pocket where, 
you know, if one day, you know, I, I not not necessarily have to leave the band, but if I want to someone else to replace me, but I still keep my stake, you know, my ownership in the in the business, but I want to do something else where I want to be a little bit more stable, then I would be able to do it, obviously. Um, you can offset the process. You don't have to always be at the keyboard all the time. Exactly. And that was the plan, you know, but I guess, you know, other people didn't like that idea. They always wanted me to be there because it was Kali, me, you know, uh, if, if you're not there, that means, you know. Um, so, in me, I, I believe a lot in education, you know, and, 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 and that was always one of my ace, right? Um, when I was in Kagimi, when we first started, um, when I graduated uh, in college in 2001, and we started performing, I believe it was like late 2001, early 2002, you know, I, I pursued a master's in public policy, right? Um, uh, during, for two years, I was traveling, I was on the road, but I made sure I told my, my manager that, listen, I don't care what you do. By Sunday, by Monday morning, the latest 6, 7 a.m., I want to be in New York because I have, you know, I have my graduate classes, graduate school classes, you know, at 4 or 5, 5 p.m. in the evening, you know, every day. So I don't care what you do. Make sure the bookings do not interfere with exactly. classes. Exactly. So, uh, so within two years, I did um, get my master's in public policy. I was um, actually uh, flirting with going to law school, um, but I ended up getting a second master's in health informatics and data analytics just mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I just love the healthcare space. I just love that space. And, uh, you know, I've had, you know, I spoke to a couple of lawyers and they, they just didn't like their experience, you know, in <laughs> law school and stuff like, so that totally changed my idea of, of law, but I Let's was just table that for a second. Because <laughs> <laughs> cause I was actually really, really, um, uh, studying the LSATs and stuff like that. And they were like, listen, dude, if I had to do it all over again, I don't think I would, I would have gone to law school. So, um, but again, you know, healthcare was another space that I really enjoyed and stuff like that. So I decided to get uh, my second master's in that in data analytics. And I know analytics is definitely the future is the wave of the future. And, and again, it was just about, Oh, by the way, I was a PhD candidate in political science, but I decided wow. to, um, yeah, so when I was doing my, my master's in public policy, so I decided to stop at the master's level, um, and 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 because I didn't, I really didn't like the the professors, um, and I didn't want to to go in academia anymore, um, so that's when I stopped at the master's level. I took my master's in public policy, and then I I got my second master's in health informatics. Um, so right now I'm actually flirting of the idea of getting an MBA. I don't know yet, but uh, I, to me, what I'm saying is, to me, education is is key. And I think you always have to always have different aces in your car because you, you never know what kind of curveball life is going to throw at you. Um, and you always have to be ready. And I'm that's what I tell my son. you right now. I yeah. swear, man. Definitely. Oh. It's something that people really need to, you know, just, you know, dial in. Like, listen, you can be, again, someone with as much success as you are, as you have, with as much track record as you have. What I'm hearing from you is like, yeah, okay, this dream Okay, it's over. Okay, we close that chapter. Doesn't mean that, you know, I've got still got a lot of mileage left and, you know, we can explore other opportunities and it's totally fine. It's in your hands. That's it. That's it. And, and, and listen, even like right now, I'm, I'm, I'm working on, on a song for uh, um, a popular band. Uh, I won't say who it is, but when the song comes out, you'll, you'll see, I, I, you'll know. I wrote a song on Creola's album last, last year, um, Atwa. Um, so it's like I'm always I'm still producing music. It's not like you know I stop totally, right? But I'm I'm most mainly in the studio now, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to being on stage. So now Ben wants me to, pr to produce a song for them. I'm actually thinking of coming out with a song myself, um, maybe in two months. Um, <clears throat> so right now I'm just doing it as a hobby, not necessarily as you know where you know it, it's a career anymore, right? So I you know I took a step back. And I can still do music, right? I don't have to do it at the level that I was doing it in. But music is a passion of mine, and I'm still going to pursue it. But now, you know, again, I'd rather do other things where I know, for example, you know, I don't mind being in an office, you know, when I'm 65 or even 70. Um, but I wouldn't want to be in st on stage when I'm 65 or 70. You see what I'm saying? See, you're very clear. And that's something that came off from the interview, and it's something that's still coming off there. You're very self-aware. And there, that comes with a lot of self-assuredness. So you know who you are. You're not just dilly-dallying in regards to maybe I should try this. Maybe I should. No, no. You're very aware of the fact, okay, this is what I wanted. I got that. I don't want this anymore. We're moving on. And I'm not looking over my shoulder. And you know what? We're just looking forward. And you have to be comfortable with that. And a lot That's of people it. wrestle with that. They're like, yeah. is, this, is this what I want? Is this what I want? But no, you are very self-assured. 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 honestly, um, I'm gonna be totally 100 with you right now. Since 2016, the minute I said I'm done, I never looked back. I never regretted my decision. Um, actually, you know, uh, I enjoyed my decision till this day. Um, the fact that I can be home right now with my family. Um, you know, I could just take my car, go in the office. Well, right now, all of us working remotely anyways, but last year, for example, I just took my car, go in my office and then come back, you know, having dinner with the family, you know, help my kids do their homework and stuff like that. And to, to me, that was, that was important. And then on weekends, you know, last, you know, for example, last, last week, where we were, we were in Marco Island, you know, we're at the beach, stuff like that, you know, spending time with the kids and, and, and these kids, the kids are going to remember these things, you know? Um, uh, and, and I, I did not want to take that away from them. I did not want to take that, that experience away from them. And I think it would have been selfish on my end, you know, to take that away from them and not, you know, cause at the end of the day, they didn't ask to be born. And I think the minute that I, you know, I, I put them in this world, I have to give them the best experience of parenting, you know, as much as possible. Cause you don't want to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, my dad was always on the road. My dad was always on the road. Yeah, exactly. He provided for us, but he was never around. He was, he was never around. Yep. That carries a lot of weight that carries a lot of weight. And, you know, again, it's going back to our values. What makes us us and what are we willing to suffer for? And what are we no longer willing to tolerate? And that takes a lot of courage. Uh, that takes a lot of personal truth. And that definitely speaks highly of your character and of your courageous uh, being um, because, you know, even throughout all your creativity and that just one interview and this wonderful conversation, Koto, I can't congratulate you, you know, enough for all that you've achieved and all that you stand for as a man, as a husband, as a dedicated father, and as a talented musician and everything that you've achieved so far. Again, maybe Thank we'll you. see you in with a PhD down the road. Who knows? Who knows? We'll <laughs> but, you know, I'm just, you know, again, just throwing out there in the universe. You never know what yeah. the universe holds. You but, never hey, know. You never know. Maybe. From, a humble, from <laughs> my humble basement in Canada, man. Again, again, I don't want to keep you up too late because, again, you've been generous enough with your time. I'm no going to be very respectful of, of the clock, but, man. You know, first of all, I just want to thank you for this wonderful time and insight. It was definitely eye-opening. Again, from the perspective of a fan, again, like I said, I'm not the biggest one. I don't have all your albums. Okay, fine. I said it. I don't have all your albums, <laughs> no but I'm a respectful. You can listen to them on YouTube free- for free. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but we're kidding. But seriously, you know, you definitely, you know, you know, with T-Vice, with Miki, Kaimi is definitely, you know, part of my my roster. Definitely. I've been with you guys since Cadence, and then I saw the evolution, but I'm really, I'm not just like, you know, just throwing it out there. It's really a really big honor for me to, to have you on this podcast because it's definitely what we stand for, you know, just empowerment, helping people understand that, you know what, it's important yeah. to chase your dream, but also to understand that, you know what, when your dream is costing you too much than you're willing to pay for, it's right. important to understand what matters to you and to maybe consider the option that, you know, you don't have to just like, you know, just swallow it. You know, right. there are other decisions you can make. But I wanted and, to and, thank and, you and, for this time. Last thing is, is mm-hmm. I'm not taking away anything from other musicians that decide to stay, right? To stay in the business because at the end of the day, that's their choice. And, and, and I applaud them. I admire them um, to be able to do it. But it's just me personally on a personal basis. It's just mm-hmm. me. I just could not be able um, to muster, you know, uh, not, you know, be around my kids uh, every, you know, for so long. And we celebrate you for that. And that's something that you said. There's nothing to look back on and say with regret or rancor whatsoever. Again, and, and again, you've been very open about it. You wish no ill will even to your former bandmates. You know, Lisha's still all. a friend, as I understand. Yes, you know, And yeah. there's, we're not throwing ill will anywhere. And again, that speaks a lot, again, about with your character. Um, but you, again, man. it's a real privilege and a thrill uh, to have had you on this conversation. Uh, there is a running tradition on the podcast. The last question yeah. is always opening up the floor to the guest whether a call to action, a kind thought, a quote, a mantra, personal motivation, just a call to action, you know, someone sure. that can actually appear for the listeners to, you know, get a next step towards their next level, something they can w- wake up with tomorrow. Where can we leave them? I would say definitely be passionate. Be, I would say if, if there's something that you really want to do, um, be obsessed, right? Um, and the minute you're obsessed with that dream, You'll make it happen. My man. Yep. Carlo, it's a privilege and a thrill. I can't thank you enough. For people who want to connect with you over the interwebs, is there any particular space there that they can connect with you? 
Well, I mean, on my LinkedIn, uh, mm -hmm. Carl Fuhr, you know, my mm -hmm. LinkedIn, they can definitely, you know, uh, it, it, and again, it's Carl with a K. I know mm -hmm. I, I wrote Carl Lu with a C for, for the longest, but my real name is Carl with a K. Mm -hmm. So if they could just go on Carl Vieux um, on LinkedIn, you know, they'll, they can definitely connect with me. I'll link it up on the, on the blog post for the podcast once it goes live. Guys, Carl Vieux, awesome individual, you know, chart-topping artist, terrific individual, terrific energy and you guys definitely know that you know that's what we try to promote on the awaken the austin podcast guys as always thank you so much for your support thank you so much for you know following this journey as always you can always connect with us awaken the awesome at gmail.com itunes apple podcast well, now it's apple podcast google podcast show some love give us some some, some ratings some likes we always appreciate it but as always stay safe stay sane stay resilient stay blessed as always do stay awesome this has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.